listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the center of the country where I am no longer running, but I did just get back from a hundred miles of garage sales. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma. Back from Eufaula today, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Eufaula, that's out near Arkansas. Holy smokes, you're out oh, there. Oh, it's, it's closer to Arkansas than here, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was it's out. A big, it's a big old lake. Yeah, it's a big old state, by the way. Oregon, Oregon, I think, a bigger state overall, unless you try to fold that, that pot handle down and put that as part of the, But I think this... Oregon's huge. People, people, people don't understand how big the western states are. Because over here, you, you know, you drive for 10, 12 hours, you'll be in like a three. You go through like two, three states. You know, like boom, boom, boom. I'm up through Missouri and Arkansas and into Illinois or you know wherever from there. Well, and then on the east coast, you can yeah, the east coast you can fly through like three or four in a couple hours. Yeah, if there's no traffic. If there's no traffic. You go to the West Coast, boy, they make you work for them states. You dri- the, Ladies and gentlemen, the entire West Coast is three states, and they are enormous. Mon- Montana's a full-day state there, depending on which direction 100%, you're going. 100%. You can start your day in Montana, end your day in Montana. California is long. And yeah, if you're, going, if you're going north to south. North to south, that's a big, big state. But anyway, uh, so lots of driving in the state you've been doing. I also did a little bit this last week. We uh, went to some garage sales, 100 miles of garage sales here in Oklahoma. A bunch of small towns put their uh, put their wares out. And uh, Oh, so it's like a, oh, that's interesting, mm-hmm. coordinated deal. It was a coordinated I, deal. Was- I thought it was just in, was it Sepulpa? But it was all along the, the yeah. route, huh? Yeah, all along the route. So basically from Stillwater to... Sepulpa Sand Springs area, which are based, or which are suburbs of Tulsa, uh, there was about you know, there was hundreds of garage sales in there. So we went to many, many garage sales. As we know, my wife is a reseller. That is the business run from the house, 
and uh, that is what we did. It was awesome. Well, that is not the reaction I would have if I had gone to many, many garage sales, so I'm glad that you have such a positive attitude. Well, hey, it's a different it's a different deal when it's for it's to make money. It's right. not just like, hey, let's see if we can get some uh, some sweaters for the kids next fall for cheap. So, like it's yeah. it's let's go to 70 garage sales for yeah. Y- yeah, no, this was uh let's see if we can find it's I I I like the hunt. My my wife loves the hunt. That's how she got into this. I like the hunt a little bit, you know, and it's what's yeah. cool about uh that rural area of oklahoma is a lot of casual or excuse me how do i say this a lot of vintage clothing not worn ironically okay so the vintage clothing is oh yeah that's a quarter that's just some old t-shirt meanwhile some you know hipster in portland (laughs) it's like whoa oh my gosh that's a 1980s whatever (laughs) yes exactly and so they're he's willing to pay 50, 80, 100 bucks for it. And this person in, in rural Oklahoma is like, hey, I got that crap out of here. It's 25 cents. I don't care. It's a t shirt. It has Super Mario Brothers on it. <laughs> no relevance to today. Exactly. That's ex- that's, you, now you get it. It's yeah. un. How do, that's what my wife and I keep saying. It's unironic vintage. And so we, I think we, we did snag a couple of Looney Tunes shirts from like the 90s and. Wow. Yeah, those do real well in the in the vintage market. But anyway, uh, on to... Uh, you more. probably got all the uh, Oklahoma football players and Oklahoma State football player apparel that you, you've you got a market for. Buddy, so. I have a... I, we did get an Oklahoma Sooners uh, t-shirt that's vintage. Like, it's the old squared off logo from the, from the 80s. The Barry Switzer days. And it's got the T-shirt, so that was cool. nice. But anyway, I, I, am, I am I allowed to say that Billy Sims Barbecue is terrible, and I will never eat at any of those locations again? I think you are. Also, okay. I would like to point out that I am a tried and true, true blue Oklahoman, and I have never darkened the door of a Billy Sims. Yeah, so. don't, don't. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know if we could get more obscure or less interesting to our listeners, but uh, let's try. Oh, let's try. Come on. We can go further. Let's, <laughs> let's go deeper. I completed a marathon. I ran. I didn't do 100 miles of garage sales or run 100 miles. I ran 26.2 miles. So that happened. And you so didn't die. I did not die. That's I lived. Good. Yeah. Well, in, in the back of my mind, I had this voice in my head, and it was like Bill Belichick, but it was your face. And it just said, <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> No, you you did very well. I looked up the results. Oh, you did? Yeah. No, I looked him up day of, and I was going to message you, and then I'm like, he's probably asleep because it's 9 p.m. So <laughs> I know I I would be asleep in that situation. So I waited till the next day. But yeah, I, I looked it up. You were you were not even close to the tail end of your division, which is pretty darn good for a couple months of of prep. That's that's cool. I wish I could have seen. I didn't even know I had a division. You should send me whatever you looked up. <laughs> okay. I didn't even see my age group division, so that's good, man. Yeah, it was uh, a little over ninety days from idea to running a marathon, which is typically not the way it goes. People usually train for that for like a year. 
Yeah. But no, I did it I, a little over 90 days ago. I decided to do it and then trained for 12 weeks and then did it. So thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you uh, for everybody that supported me. I did actually throw, I don't know if anybody clicked on it, uh, but the very first link in last week's show notes was the the run tracker that you could track live while I ran. So I don't know if anybody took advantage of that, but it it was there. So And it, it was kind of weird, too, with it. Uh, to get even more obscure uh, it was like seven minutes off so super panicky moment for my mom and my wife and kids who came out to uh, be at the finish line they were looking at the app and it said I had finished already and oh no yeah so I start getting all these phone calls and I'm running and I'm like so I'm really tired, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you were almost at the end, yeah. but not at the end. And, and yeah. yeah. So then I'm like, why is she calling me so much? I can't. I need to just get to the finish line, and then I'll answer a phone call. And I guess it all worked itself out because I came around a corner, and they saw me and screamed out and made a little video. I was delirious, hundred percent delirious. Oh, um, I can't imagine. My last, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll sh- not definitely not the last thing, but the last thing I'll share in this part of the conversation about it. I sat down beside this African gentleman who had finished thirty minutes before me, and he said to me, and he had nobody to celebrate with him, and my family's all there, so I just started talking with him because I just felt bad. I was like, hey, you know, it's a, it's a really like a camaraderie event, and it's such a cool event. At the very end, they had one hundred and sixty-eight names and pictures of everybody. It's pretty cool to come around the the end and the way they do that. They make it a memorial and like a because mm-hmm. there's hope in like a an athletic endeavor like that. You know what I mean? It's not just the the, the faces of the dead. So, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. But anyway, I was, I was chatting with this guy and he had the the best line and it totally rang true. He he put his hands together and he said, "When you start the race, your mind and your body are in the same place." And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And then he goes. But as it goes, your mind and your body completely separate. <laughs> and that is 100% accurate. That's interesting. My yeah. whole body was like, my body was like, I can do this. I think I'm fine. Everything's okay. And then, you know, you hit like mile 21, 22, and your, your brain is like, what are we doing? We have been running for <laughs> four hours. Yeah. It's time to stop running. And their body's like, I think I can handle it. I trained for this. I'm ready. And the mind just comes up with all kinds of reasons. Like, we should walk. We should walk the rest of this. Let's just stop. So, anyway, it was uh, it was intense. I am happy I did it. I will probably do it again next year. But I'm not going to become one of those people that's like obsessed that does one every few months. I want, I want to stay in shape enough to give it a whirl next year. That's a good goal. Yeah. I ran a marathon. You were on the Corbett Report. Uh, Solutions Watch, uh, awesome interview where you guys talked about water. So what we did last week when we both realized there was not a show happening with the post-marathon endeavor and then uh, your work and actually my work was kind of crazy plus T-Ball was I reposted the Solutions Watch episode. So anybody who didn't hear or see it, uh, the rare Andrew on video, looking quite <laughs> dapper, I may say. I expected I expected uh, you to be not quite as uh, visually appealing because you always refuse the camera as though it would crack if it saw you. But no, no, you looked like a like a handsome dude out there. Just I had, had to sport had to sport the Corbett Report T-shirt. Oh, that I I, I saw that. Did, did did we discuss that beforehand or no? No, um, I don't. James didn't mention it because I, I guess, just everyone wears the Corbett Report T-shirt when they're 
on a show, but no, it was uh, I was proud to sport that. I didn't have my my work gear, and I didn't know if that would be appropriate anyway. So sure, I yeah. Didn't know, but. but I did notice you had the Revelations Radio News hat on, so that was good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we need, need to, we need MAGA style. <laughs> <laughs> red hideous revelations radio news hats that's what we need <laughs> i mean make america great is oh, man. revelations radio news i mean you can you can put it right in there yeah Just yeah the same i'm sure that it would be popular yeah well i mean around here actually nobody would care i'll tell you who wouldn't care those people at those garage sales i went to Ooh, howdy yeah <laughs> rural oklahoma I, gets rural i i'm still looking for the 40 some percent of people that vote democrat in this state <laughs> i mean it's like like maybe 10 i mean 10 is like pushing it i don't know you know i got so, oh I've got, I've got a new segment okay um, so the, let's come back to uh, de- Democrats in Oklahoma because I do have a story, but let's move on. Okay, well, this is kind of related. Okay. Uh, so Oklahoma City Billboard's words of unwisdom. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. So kind of the inverse of the attempted words of wisdom segment. Okay. Uh, assume it's fentanyl. <laughs> there we go. So this is like so. Are we are we looking at like a chopped up line, and then we just assume it's fentanyl? Is that the mo- the move there? No, there's no visual cues on what we're assuming is fentanyl. <laughs> it's just assume it's fentanyl. So uh, then, wh- what's the thing? What's the thing that you that? treat uh, overdose fentanyl victims with? What's the drug? Uh, something zothelosome I'll get it I'll get it yeah go ahead okay anyway so there's another one about that and then there was um, unrelated but also words of unwisdom Um, imagine being evicted because of who you love (laughs) honestly this is this is an actual billboard this is in the heart of Oklahoma City yeah which is kind of like the you know, the communist attempted holdout for the state. Yeah. So I'm sure that's a large percentage of the of the Democrat votes, but I have a hard time seeing 47%, even counting that. But yeah, yeah. The Oklahoma City got some interesting billboards there. That is so. that is interesting. So. What's that stuff they sprinkle on uh, the jelly donut? Is that... Uh... <laughs> Oh, fentanyl. Okay. Oh, fentanyl. Just assume it's fentanyl. Assume it's yeah. fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save a life. So I ran. Th- <laughs> so I ran through Nichols Hills. That was a big part of. For those of you who don't live in Oklahoma, so pretty much all of you except uh, except Gretchen and maybe Timothy. Um, Nichols Hills is probably one of the richest areas in all of Oklahoma, and especially in Oklahoma City. So the the marathon runs right through there. It was super cool. They were so nice. People were out like, they like brought this like people were bringing these like probably multiple thousand dollar leather couches on their driveway and <laughs> sitting in them with coffee and handing out donuts or people stuff to runners. You had to be careful. Some some people were handing out mimosas that actually had champagne. It's like. Okay, if there's anything I don't need right now in the middle of this run is some alcohol. <laughs> so, but uh, 
there was a there was a part uh, just between the village and Nichols Hills where there was a whole pride thing happening. Hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, this is weird. Now, one of the cool parts about running the, this, this marathon, and I think a lot of marathons are like this, is there's a lot of people out in support of you. So they're like trying to hand you water, trying to hand you Powerade. They yell out what it is as you're running up, and then you can get water, Powerade. Uh, are the main things, I think the, the sponsored things are water, Powerade, and bananas pretty much at any of the stops. And then there's people who are in there. In their <laughs> so were they calling out mimosas? No, they were definitely, those are the official ones, but they don't call okay. out mimosas. You have to like, yeah, you have to. Anyway, so I get to this area and I'm like, wait, what is going on? And it's like, there's a guy in drag. There's a guy in drag and there's people, all the rainbow stuff. I have my headphones on, or not head. well, I did, but I also have my glasses on and, you know, I, I just look. I don't have a look. The people don't. People don't generally talk to me if I don't want them to. So I just kind of stared straight ahead and made my way through. I was just like, "This is weird. Whatever. No big deal." And I went through. My neighbor, a wonderful Ethiopian man who claimed to have been hurt but beat me by over an hour. <laughs> Wasn't sure if he could run. I'll give it a shot. I probably won't make it. And then, beat me yeah. by an hour. Yeah. yeah. And we we. Like he was kind enough to let me. He got a hotel room down downtown. I stayed with him. He's the sweetest man. Very, very, very good, kind. And we ran it together. Anyway, he told me afterwards. He goes, "The biggest applause of his life." I said, "What? What are you talking about?" He says, "He comes into this thing, and they all freaked out. One guy was cheering him. People were coming up to him and touching him. When he said one man almost kissed him, they were scree- like he like looked around like, what are these people?" And he's the only one around. And they're like screaming at him in this like pride section of the, of the cheering section. <laughs> he says he looks down. And at one of the previous stops, someone had put some sort of a sticker on his chest. Oh, no. <laughs> pride flag on his oh, chest. No. <laughs> he didn't know it. So this is a strong Christian Ethiopian man. Who was very involved in just just he just he just you know I've, I, I've never I've never heard him like curse say a cross word about anybody I mean just a very classy he's a he's a physician he's like he's a, one of the better probably physicians in this area and he uh, he gets the pride flag stuck on his chest so he's no. running up and he just hears this crowd he. He turns around and looks, and there's nobody behind him, and these people are just losing their minds. Some guy almost tries to kiss him. They're handing him everything, cheering. Stolen valor. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, when he looked down, his immediate reaction, this is how classy he is, because this is the difference between he and I. When he looked down and realized what had happened at the previous stop, that someone had stuck this thing on his chest, he... He said, that I, I realized at that moment, I can't just rip it off because that would be rude. And so mm. I would just let them all cheer he for me. He just waited until he waited until <laughs> just, he was out of sight. Just waited until he got away off. from them all and ripped them off. But that's the difference between him and me because I would have looked at him like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's like a whole thing, right? All of a sudden, like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Hey, do we have to take back our cheers? Or anyway. Well, if... <laughs> If someone ran up to you at any time, much less in the middle of a marathon, and attempted, some guy ran up to you and attempted to kiss you, I don't think it would. That whole scenario would have ended in me pulling a sticker uh, off. Of my yeah, yeah. 
he's I don't know. What are you supposed to do with that? I don't, I don't know. The, yeah. the good thing, he's taller than me. He's like 6'4", so hopefully it was a situation where he's just like, no, 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 and push them down and away. No, 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 no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so it was a weird deal. Neither here nor there, but uh, <laughs> it, it was entertaining. No, that's a good story, for back, sure. Back to the main event, though. You did, a, you did your thing on water on the Corbett Report. And you got some people calling. I mean, Corbett has reach. Corbett has reach. Indeed, we and welcome to the people that are listening for the first time. We're glad you're you're listening, and you made it through the rambling intro, which we never ever do. So every episode you hear from now on will be <laughs> compact, no rambling, straight to the point. Speaking of this. This never happens. Speaking of straight to the point, I got an email this last week and I loved it. Uh, Hey, I saw the last episode of Corbett Report. Subscribe to your podcast. Great content and stories. Triple exclamation point. Unfortunately, the podcast app only downloads 10 episodes. When I tap download older episodes, no joy. Can something be done so I can download all the episodes? Best regards, Newt. And he's got a D-E ending in. I think that's uh, German. But... I actually went and fixed that, so for anybody that was trying to download all of our podcast episodes, you should be able to do it now. I think the, the feed was only showing you 10. I had some... Oh, it was kinda, on our end? Okay. Yeah, I had some arbitrary things set to 10 limit on your podcast app, so now you should open that thing up and you could just scroll away. There they scroll all Scroll away and you're like, okay, there's... Wow, I'm back in, you know, 2012 already. There. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's so, kind of funny you said kind of funny some guys. some gaps. There's some so gaps. it I don't know if it's me fixed. I think it's a combination of your all star uh, visit to the corporate report and then my fixing of the situation on the website. Uh, on Monday we had about ten times our normal downloads. So I don't oh, know if good. they were going back and downloading all the uh, the previous episodes, downloading the archive. That's great. Well, I I did have. Uh, lady tell me on one of my sales calls, James Corbett listens to your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't get it either. It doesn't make sense to me, but my wife, she's like, that wow, me. that's a celebrity. I'm like, I know my it's... wife said that to me just the other day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, he's, he's, I, I have to say, of all our, and we've we've we got, got a lot of great great uh, listeners, but James Corbett definitely the most famous, oh, as far as I know. Absolutely, and the guy—I mean, he has reach. I told you I got invited to that party in Seattle, and uh, <laughs> I was just like talking about something I don't even know what. And he's like, "You seem familiar. I could have seen you somewhere." And uh, I was like, "I was like, well," and I just tried to like, like let's beat around the bush and get around, you know. Like I was just like casually going to get to the point, and the the host yells from across the room, "Yeah, you probably did see Tim. He was on the Corbett Report the other day." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, "Oh wow, you were on Corbett Report." <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, calm down. It's like the, it's the real media, man. It's a. Uh, <laughs> People, so it's people a, have a reaction for sure. There's a very short list of people who'd be like, "Okay, but you have to be on video," and I'd be like, "All right, I'll figure it out." And that's it starts with James Corbett and probably ends with James probably Corbett. Ends but with James Corbett, yeah, uh, you don't do you don't do the the video, and you you did the video, so yeah. Thanks to you, that was your <laughs> your camera, my camera so. that was purchased for for doing a uh, episode of the Corbett Report. <laughs> 
Yeah, on the a very good one. Two people should go check that out if they haven't on the go, go forth, forth and, multi- and multiply. multiply. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's yep. a it's one of my favorite episodes. So that's a, it is a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, we should probably talk about news. This is Revelations Radio news. Not, I mean. As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't talked to each other in a while, and there's a lot going on. So we're just uh, that's that's part of the part of the draw of the show. We, we <laughs> I don't know if it's part of the draw of the show, but part of the reason we do the show is because otherwise we don't talk to each other. So <laughs> there it is. So there yep. it is. But uh, there has been a lot going on. If you're expecting a lot of water content, there's not usually a lot of water-specific content, but I did throw a couple stories in. Have we learned anything about water over these last few days? Oh, man, a lot. Uh, Hundreds of Hawaii residents rely on bottled water since forever chemicals were found in their wells. Oh, wow. So Hawaii Hawaii does have a weird, like, hey, this is, uh, we're not, you know. This is our our country in the middle of nowhere, quote unquote country, quote unquote territory. We're just gonna like completely bomb this island. We're gonna do weird animal experiments on this island. Nobody's ever allowed to go to that island. There's some weird stuff going on in Hawaii. If you're if you live close to an airport and or any sort of military installation, you should take some precautions with your water. So. Mm. This is the reason for the airport thing is the uh, firefighting foam oh. that like all airports use to practice. And oh, guess what? It's in the drinking water and it's there forever and very cancerous, cancer causing. So it's really weird. This is the second time today I've talked about a triple F and the second or third time this year. I think that you we've talked about on the show, but aqueous film forming foam which is used to put out magnesium fires by smothering them it creates a foam that doesn't let oxygen in and it's Uh, still used but at least they don't do drills with it anymore but wow so yeah there was a talking to a gentleman earlier today and he's like yeah i hear the bombs going off every morning at 11 so the military base nearby and there's some was that in lawton or tinker this was uh mcallister oh wow interesting interesting so yeah there's there's a lot of stuff in oklahoma military and non-military related but uh yeah there's there's a lot of stuff going on i mean you would think hawaii pristine pacific islands but no military stuff all over the place yeah and the reason they call them forever chemicals is because once they're in there, it's they're tough to get out. Yeah. So, so not uh, not great news there, and it's I'll just say it's not just Hawaii, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. I thought I had one other water story, but maybe not. So, I did have. Uh, no agenda social post on the undersea cables yes. random random change but this is I've never dug real deep into it 
Um, but from my my previous job, I mean, there are undersea cables and very not a lot of them. So right. it's not like every company has their own undersea cable. They're pretty expensive. So it is kind of a natural choke point if you you know, or let's say the NSA and you had technology to be able to glean all the data that's going through a fiber optic cable. Uh, there's not a whole lot of spots you would have to attach that to. And this is, uh, telecom cables are controlled by a company, Ericsson, uh, who kills American soldiers for profit and sponsors ISIS. And you think they care about your vote. So this is trying to tie it back to uh, 2020 election stuff which certainly could be a part of that, but just as a larger how the internet works, stuff gets around. Uh, you know, was it World War One or two where they cut the telegraph? One. One. World War One, where they cut the undersea telegraph cable. So there were it's, more German immigrants in the country at the time, and the, they were worried, nervous that they would, Americans would naturally side with the Germans. Yeah. So that's that's in the show notes. Um, we've we're back to Instapaper, which Tim reminded me after the fact. Uh, I'm I used Neva, and Neva decided, hey, let's put all our focus on this lousy quote AI search and response, and let's get rid of our other features like I don't know the stuff I actually used, which was Spaces. Uh, that's where I put all the Stories for the show, send it over to Tim all at once, no problem. But anyway, back to Instapaper, which is hooked up to the Revelations Radio News Twitter account. So if you see a a bunch of tweets come out, you know, hey, Andrew might be doing show prep. So, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And we did. We did see some. And uh, our buddy Kyle from there in Kent, Washington, saw some, commented on it. It was, uh, you could tell it. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, what what he commented on, so not every story in there is like something I'm putting in there unironically. So this was days before dying, Japan's lunar lander snaps glorious photo of Earth during a total solar eclipse. And if you look at the glorious photo as well, go ahead and read his comment there. Oh, I, I don't I don't have it pulled up. I was just Oh, he he said you know it's real because it looks so fake. Which which Indeed. was a callback to Elon Musk. Elon. And, and Elon. The, the Tesla in space, which is totally real. Even though it, you could see where they recorded the footage, where the car was. All the problems with, you know, the Tesla would have been melting. And lots of issues, but... Guess you're not in line for the libertarian brain chips over there. So. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, good to know where you stand on these things. I think I attempted to. Did we talk about the the Japanese uh, lunar lander failure? I feel like we've been gone for too long. I don't know that we did. No, I did, you did. I you, think you did. I think you casually mentioned that it failed. Yeah. yeah. So, but don't worry. They managed to uh, you know send some. Glorious photos back, which is a tiny little photo with a little marbleish looking thing. So that doesn't, you know, it's amazing how 
Earth changes in size so much on pictures from the moon. Like it's can be like really big or really small. It's or you know the continents change depending on which uh, which image you're looking at. Sometimes North America covers the entire side of the globe. Sometimes it's only a, a small portion. So just. It's interesting. It's the, the tilt of the earth, though. The tilt. Of the oh, earth. it's the tilt of the earth. Tilt yeah, the the, the thirty-three degree tilt. Yeah, the tilt. And the, the, it yeah. changes the way that you look at the continents, and so the tilt of the earth. Or no, is it thirty-three? Uh, yeah, thir- thirty-three. I can't remember if that one is thirty-three or thirty-three point three, or you can look at it as sixty-six point six degrees. Yeah. 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 So. Tilt of the earth. Tilt of the earth. Don't, don't worry so. about that. So. So I found a new, actually... Accent? You, f- you found No, I was going to say... A, while we were here in Oklahoma? A new podcast. Okay. Or podcaster slash YouTuber. And the first video of his I watched, which I don't think I ended up bringing to the, the podcast, um, let's see, was when he went over the Joe Rogan, Adam Curry thing and it was a very positive he's a pastor oh, and he was yes, talking yes, about yes. i remember you i think that. we did yep. talk it yeah yep. I remember so you that. so i've been following his stuff since then yep and actually have a couple of clips oh, let's see here oh i'm not even in my clip folder rusty do you even Rusty podcast, bro? We don't. I mean, yeah, I can't seriously, find my, I can't even find my cords. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Okay. Well, I didn't clip the one I was going to mention anyway, but uh, <laughs> it is in the show notes if people want to watch the preview to a documentary they're putting that they put out called "It's Good to Be a Man: A Map to Manhood," which is kind of it's one of the themes. We've both talked about you've talked about quite a bit. Uh, yeah. so it looks like it would kind of be up your Very your good. alley good. as a father of a a young lad. Ah, so it's yes, a, yes, yes, yes. it's you know it's <laughs> it's kind of making the point of yes, we need to counter the woke stuff, but not necessarily in the way that it's being countered with kind of the uh, Andrew Tate style, like okay, you you're getting screwed over, so you should be a jerk, that sort of thing. So it's kind of a yeah, yeah, like more that. biblical take on you know, it's <laughs> it's good to be a man, and it comes with responsibilities. So right, so that was a a good think- message. But uh, Doug Doug Wilson is the guy who. I was trying to think of there. I think at the most base level to push back with masculinity and testosterone would be like, ah, I think I'm just going to be a womanizer now. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what they're going for almost, you know, I don't think that he's controlled opposition by any means, but I think it's definitely uh, not a step far enough to, 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 to just be like, ah, oh, yeah, Andrew Tate's right. Like, eh, yeah, yeah, he's right. right. He's, right. <laughs> he's right about some stuff, but uh, you know, sleeping with as many women as you can and 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 uh, going after money as the ultimate uh, success uh, it's probably not probably not probably not it 
There's, yeah, there were some. That's a, that's uh, a yo- so that's a young man's game, like an actual. That's a young boy's game as an actual. Or, or man you know, leading Greek, your family. Greek hedonists from two thousand years ago game too. You know, this has been tried before. <laughs> like the the hedonism, yep. uh, experiential womanizing thing, and it doesn't go anywhere fulfilling. And that's bro. That's you, kind of the point too. You're talking poorly of Alexander the Great on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, Seems just, I am. Yeah. Uh, wow. So I didn't. You know, I, I I don't get to I don't get a chance to bring in those college philosophy classes very often. So I appreciate the <laughs> the opportunity. You appreciate the slow pitch over home plate. Yeah. the The interesting thing is that even even in some ways the trans stuff is thousands of years old. Like it's definitely kind of got some new features, but the idea that it's something totally new. No, it's not. It's the same old demonic lies that were around thousands of years ago. I mean, I hadn't really thought of that, but isn't that like, is, I mean, so this is, this is a nasty topic. I'd rather talk about anything else, but this, but I feel like we should. (laughs) Uh, in Daniel's time, when they took the Jews out of Babylon that were smart, it is very likely that they castrated them. They castrated a lot of people. Yeah, not just yeah. not just the captives, but I mean, there was the various uh, eunuchs. Yeah, so. that's, that's what I was about to say. Eunuchs, which yeah. were like, oh gosh. Ugh. But I guess another shade of the trans situation. So interesting, interesting to think of it that way. Well, and then there's there's been the, um, you know, in the worship of false gods of the hermaphrodite type deal. That I mean, that goes way back. So it's just a a new you know we put science in call it transhumanism now, <laughs> but it's it's the same old lies of oh you can become as gods you can transcend god didn't know what he was doing when he made you so you can choose and overcome you know the you were born in the wrong body i mean it's such an insult to to the idea of a creator like oh i was born in the wrong body (laughs) And, and i think we have to uh we have to point out that uh you know the the Baphomet is a has a has supposedly is you know it's a, a male goat with breasts so it has right. both versions of of the female male so there is a perversion of the female and male uh, right there in the in the the center of uh, kind of Satanism or worship of uh, humanism. Yeah, and if if you scratch scientism. You get occultism very, very quickly under the, under the surface. So it's, I mean, all the the quantum stuff, all the you know supposed physics, the theoretical physics stuff. It goes right back to Kabbalah. Everything <laughs> humanity has not changed. I guess you like just... we're we're still being suckered by the same lies we've been suckered for for. 3,000 years, but... You know what that sounds like to me, Andrew? Sounds like you just don't understand the multiverse. <laughs> that it just so happens... You know, hey, that, it, wait, like, it's very, it's very unlikely this is the real world. 
well, according no, to Elon. Here's the thing: is like, I can't explain the origins of life on this planet or life in the universe. But so like, just... so, but like, hold on a second, Andrew. Don't interrupt. This is super important. <laughs> so instead of explaining that, why don't we just imagine that instead of just this planet and this universe, what if there's like a, a like a billion of the universes, man, and right. then. And then, like, life came from one of them out there somewhere. And then it, you know, crossed the, the verses into the multiverse. And now just, there's, what about the multiverse theory, Andrew? You don't know about it? Uh, unfortunately, I do know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, that's so convincing. You know, Elon Musk believes that it. it must be true. Uh, Oh, yeah. quantum! Just say quantum for everything, bro. Think about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a quantum dot. These yeah. qu- quantum dots on the on the on quantum the... entanglement. <laughs> Did you know light is like a a wave and like a point, man? <laughs> there's Proves qu- everything. There's quantum dots on the ballots, man. This is the greatest sting operation in history. Quantum <laughs> leap forward. Yeah, I, I didn't bother clipping it, but someone, we've all, um, it's, anyway, that was a, I don't know how I'm going to transition here. Are, oh, I'm sorry. are you still in the quantum? I'm going to go quantum for a minute. <laughs> okay, keep going. Cause I, I was going to try to transition to the, to a Donald Trump 9-11 story and I'd. I had no clue how to. I do have that. a Donald Trump nine eleven clip too. This is good. Let's go. Let's go straight to that after we've mentioned the quantum watering. Oh man, I messed it up. Oh, quantum water. Yeah, quantum water filter system, bro. Did you know? Oh, okay, that? okay. You got to get on that. I, is that the magnet thing? Yeah, bro. There's there's magnets and UVs. All the quantum's. Well, the, don't throw in the. UVs with the quantums. The UVs real. That's real technology. Okay. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah. Let's right. let's move forward. Uh, Trump on nine eleven. What do you got? Okay. So there was a, a story with. I think we've even played it on the show where Donald Trump is talking about how could a plane knock down those buildings? Those are super strong buildings. I know. Trade Center was always built them. I got it. That was one of, uh, one of my you've clips got that to clip. this show. Weird. Okay. Do you want to go ahead? But someone dug up a Donald Trump clip from two days after 9 11. That's what I got. This is my clip. You're playing right into my clip here. All right. Go for it, man. I pulled this thing. I got got Trump on 9 11 2001 and Trump on 9 13 2001. And he changed. See if you can spot the difference. Yeah. I beams. 
was you remember the the width of the windows in the World Trade Center, folks? I think you you know if you were ever up there, they were quite narrow, and in between was this heavy steel. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747 or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through the steel? I happen to think that they had not only a plane, but they had bombs that exploded almost simultaneously. Because I just can't imagine anything being able to go through that wall. Most buildings are built with the steelers on the inside around the elevator shaft. This one was built from the outside, which is the strongest structure you can have. How is it possible that um, a Boeing plane would be able to destroy the, or two planes would be able to destroy the Twin Towers? Because they were constructed to withstand like a 707 Well, it's tremendous power and tremendous heat, and people were willing to die, and uh, when they're willing to die and when they're willing to become kamikazes of a sense, uh, there's very little you can do about it. I mean, the, the heat and the power actually was amazing that the, the initial jolts didn't jar the building as much as people would have thought, but the, the tremendous amounts of fuel that was dumped on the building and 1,600 degrees temperature... I guess that's probably more than anything could take, no matter what. That's uh, a bit weird. Uh, did you hear the one where he's talking about his friend Larry Silverstein? No. No. Well, it's, I guess I should have clipped that one. But, uh, yeah, his friend Larry Silverstein, a tremendous building owner. He's a tremendous... I don't know how you're a tremendous building owner, but he, he owns, as, as opposed to a mediocre build, building owner owns, like all the other ones. Building, he owns buildings like nobody ever owned buildings. He, <laughs> owns, he owns buildings like people like dream he, of owning buildings. He puts terrorism insurance policy on buildings he just leased out. Nine months. You know, before. a month before the biggest terror attack. It, you know, it, he's a tremendous owner. A tremendous, tremendous building owner. Yeah. So, so the, did you even happen to catch? You probably didn't, and it's dominating everything right now. Uh, there was just a town hall on CNN. Did you see this thing? I did not see it. I was listening to Raheem Kassam talk about it, but I didn't even clip that part. So I got I got a ton of clips, man. A ton of clips. Oh, good. This thing tonight. It's uh, they're really gonna do this again. They're gonna trot this dude out, and they're gonna try and separate the whole country again. This is a hundred percent happening again. <laughs> it's, yep, it's uh, kind of unbelievable. Yeah, the uh, Raheem Kassam said he he turned it into the Trump News Network. Oh, he did. He did. He just de- <laughs> de- he destroyed on everything. It's just here's just a, here's a sample. Here's yeah, a quick quick couple minutes. I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This. Oh, this is the allegations. That's like the least important, like the the most boring clip of it all. That woman is not. If Donald Trump has a type, she seems, <laughs> seems off. For the She's type. too close to his age. She, yeah, too close <laughs> to his age. I think is exactly the right way to say that. Um, yeah. He. Uh, I got another clip here. Let's see. Trump on U.S. energy independence. My question is regarding the economy. Over the past two years, we have seen the prices for everything skyrocket. From food to gas to utilities and insurance costs, many people's bills are up several hundred dollars a month, including mine. If elected president again, what is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. 
So we were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant. And nobody had ever done what I did. We got oil down to $1.87. Actually, it fell lower than that in some cases. We had to save the oil companies that the price was getting. So we were doing incredibly. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country, probably the greatest economy in the history of the world. We were energy independent, soon to be energy dominant. We were going to be bigger than Russia and Saudi Arabia put together times two. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation, any other nation. And these stupid fools ended it. And energy went from $1.87 and even lower for gasoline, for a car. They went from $1.87 to five, six, seven, eight, and even $9. And your electricity bills went through the roof. Your heating bills went through the roof. And that's what started inflation. And it hasn't stopped because people are paying now for bacon and for eggs and for the two and three times what it was just a little while ago. We created the greatest economy in history. A big part of that economy was I get, got you the biggest tax cuts in the history of our country, bigger than the Reagan cuts, bigger than any. And, and also, Caitlin, also, as you know, we got the biggest regulation and regulatory cuts. We, this place was rocking. And then we were given a gift from China. And China paid a big price. And let me tell you something. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes from China. But prior to COVID coming in, and then I rebuilt the economy again a second time. But we had prior to COVID coming in as, as from China, from Wuhan, which I said it came from Wuhan. Everybody said, oh, you're wrong about that. You're wrong. It came from Wuhan. I said it right from day one. So we had the greatest economy in the world. Here's the story. Uh, they made energy so high, and energy is all invasive. It is massive as an industry and as a cost. It lifted everything. If Mr. You President, made if you made economy. donuts, if you made, no matter what you did, and but we had inflation the likes of which I guess we haven't had, they said, for 52 years, but I think more than that. We had no inflation. We had the lowest energy prices we've had in decades. This country was rocking and rolling. And by the way, we had the most secure border in the history of our country. So this moderator, she's attractive, Burnett. She has kind of a, a mean resting face, but she can like she had. I think the, to be cast for this, you had to be somewhat uh, attractive and have thick hair to go over your earpiece while somebody <laughs> somebody fed you lines to try and keep him under control. Uh, narrator, it did not work. Yeah. Well, uh, Kassam pointed out that after the second break, it was clear that she had got a lecture. Like, Trump is dominating you. Like, get oh, tougher. Yeah. And she, she couldn't do it. And she, so she tried and just got run over. Oh, absolutely. So. It, it, it keeps going. I mean, you know, because Trump says really bad he makes you know the whole reason we got him out of there is he makes really bad mouth sounds and sends mean tweets here here's some bad mouth sounds here it's a perfect example of things that the american people just can't put up with they we can't have somebody who says things like this both have strengths and within 24 hours i want everybody to stop dying they're dying russians and ukrainians i want them to stop dying and I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You. You know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. I want Europe to put up more money because. They Just terrible. He doesn't even want Ukraine to win. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. 
winning by uh come on ukraine don't you know we're we're all on your side to every last one of you die <laughs> in, uh, fighting russia because that's somehow that's somehow good for you she's juvenile oh, you, you want rush you want to say that you want ukraine you want to them to win you see ukraine to win you're rooting for russia i guarantee i 1000 percent guarantee you you can go switch on msnbc right now i'll bet you dinner they're talking about how he uh is that'll uh, be the gotcha yeah. rush russian propaganda this is going to be. Yeah. He's he's in bed with Russia. Putin's pulling the strings. He can't even say that he wants Zelensky to win. That'll be the gotcha that they're going to frame up and talk about for the next week. I guarantee you. I always like you know the thing between you and me when it comes down to it. We do enjoy the Trump. We do dislike a lot of it, especially begins and ends with the vaccine in a lot of ways. But the thing that we both get a kick out of is he makes all the right people mad and CNN. And AOC, AOC tweeted out, CNN should be ashamed of themselves. They have lost control of this town hall to mm. again be manipulated into platforming election disinformation, defenses of January 6th, a public attack on a sexual abuse victim. The audience is cheering him on and laughing at the host. This falls squarely on CNN. Everyone here saw exactly what was going to happen. Instead, they put a sexual abuse victim in harm's way for views. Oh, my this goodness. Cho- I know. This choice to, put, to platform lies about the election on January 6th with no plan but to have a moderator interrupted without consequence. Ladies and gentlemen, just take away from the fact that you know who AOC is. Think about what I just said and think about how that person is screaming for censorship and control of people talking. That's all she's doing. She wants censorship and control. Me, she meanwhile, CNN's like... We just like wait. People actually watched our channel. Yeah, to CNN, hundred percent. I cannot believe that, that happened. But yeah, everybody was watching it. Uh, here, here's his election disinformation. Did you, did you see this? He's gonna. Uh, let's see. My question to you is: Will you pardon the January six rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one, because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle and BLM, BLM. Many people. Okay, I got to pause it right there, because we are 30 seconds into this clip, and he's already hit two near and dear points to both yours and my heart. January 6th and pardoning those people and what they did to Portland and Seattle. We're 32 seconds in and he's nailed it. Yeah, he needs to <laughs> I yeah. actually do what he says he's going to do. Yes. Yeah. He, the man is a media genius. People were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything, but you have two standards of justice in this country. And what they've done, and I I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very... (laughs) And it'll be very early on. And they're living in hell right now. So when it comes to pardons... They're living in hell. 
and their policemen and their firemen and their soldiers and their carpenters and electricians and their great people. Many of them are just great people. significant verdict that was reached yesterday. I know this is something you want to weigh in on as well. A Manhattan jury found that sure. you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. And they went up. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think my favorite part of the of what I saw of it is she, she says... Uh, you didn't. You invited everybody to the Capitol on January, you know, to come to the January, Capitol January sixth, and then on January sixth, you didn't do anything to stop the violence. And why did it take you three hours into the violence for you to respond? At which point she said. Uh, at which point he pulls a piece of paper out of his. He's like, okay, okay, I didn't. I, I brought this. Pulls a piece of paper out of his coat and says, okay, well at two o seven, I tweeted out on Twitter. Now I'm on Truth Social. <laughs> Everybody should stay peaceful, be the party of law and order, and, uh, you know, just read the tweet out loud to her, which everybody already knows, because if you're on the internet and you see his his Twitter account got unbanned, the last tweet that was sent out was, let's stay peaceful. She tries to confront him on that and say it's not true. He pulls it out and reads the receipts. It's, uh... It's interesting. It gives. It, I got some chuckles out of it all, but it's, uh... Yep. Well, and his January 6th speech was, like, the opposite of a rah-rah like go get them speech yeah it's like okay like let's make our voices heard yeah <laughs> was, i remember i, I mean it. it was we talked about it at the time it's like how are they going to frame that as like a inciting a riot deal but it's like That's, the whole they thing, did the whole thing of January sixth from beginning to end was a a complete nothing burger, but they still moved forward and and went with the narrative, even though they couldn't get anybody to to freak out like they wanted them to. Right, they just they, went they, yeah they, 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 they threw threw plenty of people and they're still throwing people in jail for it. Yeah, they, they failed on every level. Nobody actually died. They said people died except for the person who was shot by the police. Uh, Alex Jones didn't go into the Capitol, so we couldn't frame him up. The the Fed gets spotted outside. I mean, the whole thing, and they still move forward with the narrative as though it's the worst day since 9-11 or worst no, no, no. day ever. No. It's, it was worse than 9-11, Tim. What's, it was this worse is, than 9-11? They said it was worse. Yeah. 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 Which, uh... I don't know. Maybe there were more foreigners involved in January 6th than 9-11 if you just want to define it that way, but, you know. I, I sent you a... I guess you don't use your signal anymore, but I sent you a link. It's, it's an interesting picture. Since if you don't know what this is, you're not awake, but it's a picture from inside the towers from uh, a, a certain documentary that a couple of well, people I, from uh, Israel made. I, I still have signal... On desktop, I'm just never on my desktop anymore. <laughs> I went from so working remotely where I'm on the computer all day to just never on it. So. There's an app store on your phone. You could download Signal to your phone still. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I went with I went with kind of a a cheap phone that's like, you know, I take a couple pictures for work and I'm out of storage. That sort of thing. So <laughs> there you go. I have to be very selective on on the apps. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. So what do you use for, for podcasts then? Uh, I still use the same one I was using before. What is it? Uh, it's got a picture of a little radio tower on it. Oh, you t- you t- you, so you do use... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's the same one I use, which is... Why am I not thinking of it right now? Audio... Whatever it is. Uh, so you do use that one. So you do use the app, because that's going to take a ton of... Dev. It takes it, it, it does, yeah. 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 So that's, I'm sorry, Tim. That was a higher priority than Signal, but. No, no, I don't. Hey, I, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. See, you, know, you got to have the podcast. So, speaking of which, we should auction off the uh, degoogled Graphene OS phone. No, no, no. Uh, I, 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 yeah, maybe we can auction it off or I can figure out. I, I was going to sell it to a listener long ago, but maybe we can give it to a listener who wins a, a drawing or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, aforementioned Trump clip uh, January 6th, and then maybe we can, can wrap up the, the whole Trump this evening segment. I'm not sure what, what they're doing. This is CNN supposedly trying to be neutral they bring on trump he steals the show and we roll right on into the campaign i mean i'm not sure what's going on here yeah kind of kind of strange but they're gonna get everybody rally uh get everybody excited again i just don't know to what end Back to what happened on that day. He you said did you not weren't. Say that. You said, he has testified that. Mr. He did President. not say that. But you said you weren't very involved that day. You did tell your supporters to come to Washington. You tweeted about it about sure, that speech that happened on the rally. Am I so allowed when to they, say that? When they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers, why did you? Why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> so. So if you look at, on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look, January 6th, this is at 2, before 2.30, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. (laughs) I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back, because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back, but I'm on truth and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. We want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President, I looked at the same timeline that you did. No, no, but you didn't report that. You know why? Because it was taken down. We did report it. I I was reporting that thing. It was taken down and it wasn't. But when it was. Well, there it is. Just, Just remember, that man got more votes in 2020 than any human being in human history in an election has ever got and lost until Except a, Joe Biden until yeah. a few hours later when Joe Biden beat him 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that seems that seems believable. Seems believable. Yeah, it's uh now. Let's say let's say they let him they let him win. Okay. Do we get better Trump or even worse Trump? That's a great that is a great question. And that's the real question, my friend. That is a that is a great question. Um well, Do we get more Mike Pompeo and John Bolton and oh, what's oh her name? It, basically, can we? Yeah. Is there anyone else we can find who was involved in uh, torture programs? Is there anyone else? Oh, oh, that's right, we forgot that person. Let's bring him in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or do we get somebody who's who's yeah going to can we get? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Is Pfizer going to give ten million this time? I mean, a million dollars is not. I'm sorry, like a million dollars to throw the entire country under the bus? Not uh, not a great deal, Trump. No, definitely not. So, it's yeah, I kind of think we get a worse Trump. Yeah, I think it's like Obama term two where everyone's like, all right, I know he didn't do anything the first term, but surely he was saving it all for the second term, and then it was way worse. I think it's the same, going to be the same thing with Trump. So I, I just don't know how feasible a second Biden term is. Like, what do you? I mean, it's a pretty hard sell. So <laughs> they did it once. I think that we're we're kind of at the point where. They know we know, and we know that they know that we know. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a standoff. Right. Also, yeah. also, also uh, d- don't ever give up your guns, people. Like, don't ever let this happen. That's it. This is it. Yeah. I, this is a hundred percent it. They're gonna they're gonna do more and more school shootings. They're gonna show more and more graphic stuff that happens during school shootings they are totally going to do that until they can take the guns and then they're going to kill everybody (laughs) right yeah uh and the the narrator says it's the americans they will drink the poison they will eat the poison they will breed the poison but they will not give up their firearms. Yes! Yes! Uh, that's like, true. And depressing. we will fall for anything. We will vote for anything. We will buy anything. <laughs> Just poison us, enslave us, surveil us. It's all fine. Just don't try to actually take away the guns. <laughs> and that that's... That's America right there. Ladies and gentlemen. America. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Hoffman with the rare positive moment. It's not that positive. <laughs> it's not really not that positive. I didn't mean sure. it to be positive, but I know you yeah. didn't. I know you didn't. That's the one thing I'm not worried about in this yeah. country is people like, oh, what? There was a school shooting. I'll turn my guns in. So that is the goal, though. I think they're going to do more and more of them and show more and more gore and more. They're going to put it more and more in everybody's face. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it, the media is magical. The media, there's, a ma- there's some magic happening with the media. Uh, not, the, mm. not the good kind. Yes, but if no one, if fewer and fewer people are paying attention to it. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not totally joking that, you know, the No Agenda podcast and James Corbett and are legitimately, they legitimately have bigger audiences than cable news at this point. That's 100% accurate. The fact that you were able to get several appointments for for, uh, water purification appointment, you know, uh, water purification tests just from yeah. the, the James Corbett show here in Oklahoma and Southern Kansas. I think that does speak for itself. Yeah, there's... No, I mean... <laughs> there's a, a lot of us out there, and I think that that is kind of encouraging. It, it was an encouraging thing to see, you know, people that I didn't know previously, obviously. It, never heard of our podcast, but knowing that there's lots of Corbetiers out there and uh you know all different all different flavors one one comment i I did want to throw in there uh because there's kind of a sense of like um especially from people that have started paying attention recently where it's like oh man all this stuff is happening and it is but that doesn't mean that it's gonna keep accelerating at this rate like it it goes in in fits and starts and we've just been through one of the craziest accelerated phases but i think they're gonna you know and donald trump could be a part of that of kind of like backing off a little bit Hmm. it's like go go back to sleep you know start can you start watching tv again and maybe even go into movies again because we we put a lot of time effort money into that propaganda so if you you know i mean like we'll do we'll do some elon musk deal we'll do some cool new space footage it's way better than that that japanese thing <laughs> and but if you could just start you know believing what we say on tv again that that'd be great so and getting people to believe in elections mm. i is a big part of it yeah, maybe that Trump plays that role to get the lull of back and back to sleep. That I mean, I've heard oh, people say, I, I don't think they'll let us have another election. It's like, well, why would they stop having elections when they can rig the outcome? Yeah, no, that's, that's a, it's a, yeah, Occam's razor. If the outcome so, is rigged, who cares and, how many they have? And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that one side or you know a democrat always wins or a republican always wins a rigged election means they decide it it's not up to the the voters right. you know it's whatever the the strategic narrative by the people that actually plan these things out which way they go and i think they might go back to trump with the idea of like oh look you got trump back see the, the 2020 election wasn't wasn't stolen. That was ridiculous. You don't have to worry. Trump's back. Yeah, he's still pushing the vaccine. And, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're still in Ukraine and the war is expanding and we've got to go to war with China. But, you know, China was so bad. They did that. They gave us COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of ways it can go that aren't good. Um, but that where Trump could be useful to that, that narrative. So I, I just don't think they're getting much out of Biden. He's just not, 
not a believable puppet. He he's not, but that doesn't that it that, that doesn't seem to matter. I mean, they're they are ramming through everything they possibly can. I mean, I, I guess at this yeah. point they've they've slowed to a crawl. There's no like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline on day one, you know, and uh, just all the stuff that Biden has done is. I, I kind of like the theory. I think it was on No Agenda where they, where someone's like, "Oh, Biden's not really that bumbling. He's just pretending so he can, so we can get away with bl- like deflect." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I kind of like that theory, but that's I, a, that's, I think he really is that far gone. But that's a Dvorak theory there. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. So, and it's I wouldn't put it past him, but I think what's really happening is he really is that far gone. It's just, that's why they chose him. Yeah. You know, it's, well, he's blackmailable. That's the real reason they chose him. He's blackmailable. And how, and how we're still talking about, you know, we're, you know, digging up this lady from God knows when or where, uh, is claiming that Trump, you know, sexually assaulted her or whatever. and, And, and maybe he did, who knows? But, it, they they dig that up and they're like desperate to talk about that, which seems much 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 less relevant than the crackhead son of the current president having <laughs> several deals with other countries, including China and Russia, to give them what isn't he like the board of a nuclear something or other in Ukraine at one point, and then money coming in and going to the big guy and smoking not, crack. Not nuclear. It was. It was something uh, else. Oil company. Oh, it's oil. That's right. Natural gas yeah. and oil company. That's right. My apologies. And then you're sleeping with your niece and the Obama kids and, and just your, all kinds of crazy stuff. Your dead brother's wife. Dead brother's mm-hmm. wife. Yeah, that was like in the open. But the the niece, the, that that same oh. niece. She's like yeah. a teenager, young young teenager. I mean, just that. All, that's all just insane. That is all insane, but nobody talks about that. We're going to dig up Trump accuser number whatever, and this is what we're all going to talk about and how he's a he's in Putin's Putin's pocket, and this is all Russian. It's just so nauseating and disgusting. It's just it's hard to believe we're we're going to play this game again. It's it's hard to believe. Yeah, and we're going to get. I, I, and I guarantee you to to quote the great James Corbett as far as. He's going to play 16D chess. No, I'm just kidding. But I guarantee you that Trump is going to say, like, I knew, you know, the thing, something was up, but uh, I I laid low. And then, like, Art of War came back at the right time, you know, to come back for my second term. And now we're going to stick it to him. We're going to take it back. I guarantee he'll turn it into some sort of Art of War. Lay, Lay there while your enemy thinks they won and then come back and win. Hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Trump might win. The rest of us still lose, though. But yeah, it was. Uh, on a related note, uh, confirmed Jeffrey Epstein's history as an FBI source from Technofog. Good article there. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it'll be in the show notes. And um, he was a. Informant for the FBI during the Mueller FBI era, which was a pretty long era. 
Um, and interesting that they brought him back to, to do the report. There. Wow. The Mueller report. So it's... And that that whole thing is still going. It's just got new, you know, new new servants, new fill-ins for Epstein. So, who was it that bought his island? I forget. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Oh, are you? I was just asking if you remembered who bought. Epstein Island. I don't remember who bought Epstein Island. Alright. Wait. Am I supposed to know this answer? Uh, no. No. It's just someone we should probably pay a little attention to. Because if you... I don't care how much money you have. Mm -hmm. Would you ever buy Epstein Island? Knowing what you know about... No. About that place? No. No, it's, it's uh, like a real-life episode of Ghost Hunters. It sounds horrible. All right. Purchase. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the website. Ownership. All right. Admit. Wow. Dude, it just happened. It happened. Okay, so we're in May of 2023, right? Yes. May of 2023, billionaire Stephen Deckoff under his firm SD Investments announced the acquisition of Great St. James and Little St. James for $60 million. Huh. They listed it for 125 so there was a little downward pressure. Real estate going down. March 22, Little St. James and the neighboring Great St. James were listed at 125 A lawyer for Epstein's estate said the money had obtained from the sale would be used to settle a number of lawsuits, bespoke real estate, the age bespoke real estate the age what a great name I could, <laughs> I could smell the mm. okay the agency uh jointly overseeing the sale stated that further information on the listing was only available to prospective buyers in may of 2023 and we're only 20 to 10 days into may of 2023 at this moment billionaire steven deckoff and his firm sd investments announced the acquisition yeah, we should probably look that guy up. Well, I don't. Maybe it wouldn't be that obvious. Maybe he's buying it for someone else. But yeah. I mean, they wouldn't use the same exact island, would they? Maybe they might. Yeah. yeah. Depends. Depends how uh, how well the uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, a temple to Baal was built underground. Like, is it a sturdy temple to Baal? You don't want to like a like a fallen apart, you know, sacrificial temple. To yeah, Ellen DeGeneres could just start up a new show with the actual temple. Like, move it into yeah. Instead of just having a background that looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends yeah. how how well it was built. If it's a if it's a stable one, you don't want a fallen apart, you know, temple to Baal. You want you want one that's stable. Black Diamond Capital Management. Black Diamond, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Why not just like a black obelisk? <laughs> black. Black rock. Black stone. Black Can water. We, let's see. Uh, what hasn't been. Oh, all those are taken. Uh, let's just do Black Diamond. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the diamonds. That's, that's Ooh, good. He has the eyes. I'm calling it. This is this is this is one of the worst things. But you know, you know the uh, 
Well, the Epstein eyes, and then the uh, the the best example was the Jimmy Savile eyes. Yeah. Uh, the current uh, senator of Washington, the girl, she has those too. Uh, but Steven Deckhoff has the eyes. He's got them. All right, now I got to look up a picture of him. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much, it's everywhere at this point. How do you spell Deckhoff? Uh, D E C K O F F. Just like that. And it's everywhere now. If you just hit images, it's nothing but pictures of the of the island and him. Oof. Weird. Very very weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stay away from my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. So, anyway, uh, should we move on to something else? It's hard to. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly what? <laughs> That's just what you have to say. Oh, no, it was always allegedly. <laughs> it's actually a, allegedly the, the eyes that they... Uh, <laughs> allegedly has really... Creepy eyes and kind, kind people. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, any anywhere else you want to go in particular? Well, uh, have you ever heard the Paul Harvey clip from uh, 1965? If I was the devil. Oh, well, a few dozen times. Oh, you have. Oh yeah. Oh well, there you go. I've. I've well, all right. Good for you. That's, we're, well, you could play it, and then we could... Uh, I've got some other classic uh, globalist s- speech-making. Okay. So, yeah, you can play that. Uh, okay. Gosh, you made me feel self-conscious. You already know about my clips. I've heard it a million times. if i were the devil if i were the prince of darkness i'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness and i'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population but i wouldn't be happy until i had seized the ripest apple on the tree the so i'd set about however necessary to take over the united states I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. We're talking about 8-year-olds and 9-year-olds and 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds. He's got over 600 images, gobs of video footage of these children. But you say this does not signal a heinous or egregious child pornography offense. 
And then you went on to say the defendant was merely trying to satisfy his curiosity. That's somehow a reason to only give him three months. Help me understand this. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. I would caution against extremes. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. I forgot to mention in the middle of that they had the the guy questioning the Supreme Court justice about her views on child pornography. And don't forget that that Supreme Court justice uh, appointee was the same judge who handled the uh, Pizzagate case where the guy walked yeah. in and supposedly shot the floor. So She got her payoff. Yeah, she uh, she took her position. Big time there. Yeah, yeah She, she and- parlayed that. So I I have heard that, but not a couple dozen times, and I was mixing it up with the Walter Cronkite sit at the right hand of the devil. Oh, interesting. Or sit at the right hand of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking it was the coming from the more obviously bad perspective there. Uh, But so Walter Cronkite, globalist, and... George H.W. Bush, one of the OG globalists, uh, promoting globalism and bashing something that is still quite controversial today. I'm panicked. I'm supposed to have something pulled up, clearly. (laughs) George H.W. Bush on the wonders of globalism. Ah, my fault. There it is. It ends at the water's edge. Well, thank God they weren't around back in 1492. Imagine the hard time they've given Christopher Columbus. Voices on the right and left are working right now to breathe life into those old flat earth theories of protectionism, of isolationism, that there is no going back. Our new world is far smaller Communications far more instant. Our horizons stretch much, much farther with each generation. This is 1991, not 1791. Horse and buggy attitude won't carry us into the next century. And we will knock down barriers wherever we find them. To open markets, for instance, for our computer software, movies, books, and pharmaceuticals. We will fight hard against protectionism, both at home and abroad. And five centuries ago, a man of courage and and, uh, vision set sail from Europe, searching for new trade routes and opportunities. And he defied the timid counsel of those who said the earth was flat. Christopher Columbus's voyage to the Americas transformed human history. Columbus was an entrepreneur. 
and the risk he took 500 years ago continues to pay off abundantly today. And today we still have to combat the flat earth mentality, the mindset that urges us to barricade our borders against competition, to shut off the free exchange of food and machinery and skills and ideas. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, how'd that globalism work out? Well, it worked out great. We didn't barricade ourselves off from anything. We barricaded <laughs> no, ourselves we didn't. off from... We just uh, exported all manufacturing overseas. That uh, that really worked out well. This is back in the, you know, the Ross Perot area era of the giant sucking sound, and they told them uh, you might want to stop doing so well in this presidential election, or your daughter probably not going to live very much longer. And he he went away, and then they changed the rules on the debates. No more independence. Yeah, and that was it. So. That was the closest we got to. He got up. He got up there. He got. Didn't he get to like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen percent there for a minute? I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It was. It was a problem, and then they took care of the problem. It was still kind of too early, I guess, or in some ways. I, I hesitate to tell you this, but I, I'm going to, and I'm going to tell all the listeners too. I think there was way more, and I don't think it's a good thing. I'm just. I think it's the truth. I think that there was way more votes for Kanye that were never counted either. I think Kanye garnered a much bigger vote than he got credit for because he got like less than 1% in every single state. I don't believe that. With all the young kids that were voting post-2020, post-2020, B- or you know 2020 BLM, all that stuff, and well, he hadn't gone full Kanye yet at that what, point. With was he on the ballot, though? Oh, yeah, he was on our ballot. Okay. Sure. No, I believe that because that's one of the things they can do is just flip the flip every, you know, every other vote for a third party candidate over to the candidate they want because then always, you, you're not messing with the vote total that way. But yeah. also, I don't know. I, I know somebody very close to me who voted independent and their ballot was sent back to them. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, there's no, like, election mark, shenanigans where I'm like, no, that didn't happen. No, you marked, <laughs> you know? you marked this incorrect, and it comes, you know. Yeah. You mailed this ballot. Try in. again. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, we'll count it the way we want to. <laughs> but. But, yeah, they received this the ballot back, and the election's already over. Their vote didn't count. Like, you could please correct it and send it back. It's like, wait, what? It's, it's over. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's... Yeah, no. elections, man. It's a it's a big show. They spend a lot of money on it. Yeah, they do. It's a, a well, WWE is a good analogy for for politics. Very scripted, lots of exaggerated fighting that isn't real. Did, I, yeah. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm still going to punish myself and the listeners anyway. Did you watch wrestling as a kid? Very, very little. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I figured. Homeschooled. You're probably reading books instead of watching wrestling. But I remember it, it was very... My parents 
they were not having the wrestling on. I remember visiting like distant cousins for the only time ever, like out in North Dakota or somewhere and then watching wrestling. But yeah, it's Rick Flair interview on uh, Joe Rogan was, uh, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. It just, but if, if you're a fan, I mean, that, that was just my era. I, you know, I was, I was young. I didn't know what anything was watching TBS. I thought it was all real for a while. I just, you know, parents yeah. weren't paying attention yeah. to what I was doing. So, and then even when I found out it was fake, it was still awesome. But yeah, that Ric Flair interview was something else. It was kind of the, the golden years for wrestling. He, he talks about it in the interview that like, you know, they would go to all these, cause it, Vince McMahon's a genius and he merged them all. But when it first started, it was just like a couple states here and a couple states there. Like this was the, the Tennessee wrestling. And then there was the Georgia, Florida wrestling. And then there was the, there's just all these different little circuits mm. and you had to travel around to them and they were very localized and you had to do anyway, it just, and Vince McMahon kind of scarfed them all up and made them into one huge national thing. But it was a kind of like this weird golden era where, Ric Flair talked about he would like they would go to the bars in these little towns where they would play shows and then they'd be at the bar and some guy would be like hey that's Ric Flair I'm gonna beat his I'm gonna you know they think it was his chance to to get famous so he would <laughs> yeah so Ric Flair talks about like fighting like real fighting that would happen afterwards <laughs> afterwards with the and, yeah with local lo- yokels with, trying with local to local yokels and like <laughs> drinking beer and like rock and roll it was just, it's wild it's wild the way he tells it before it was all the big lights and the glitz and glam and the national televised. It was just a lot of town to town fighting with local yokels. And it just, I don't know. It was interesting. It was, I found it to be a fascinating podcast. And it's, uh, sometimes it's good to listen to a podcast. that's not about politics and things. Well, uh, Trump basically patterned his campaign after WWE, so it's. You, <laughs> I mean, there is a political connection to it, but I was gonna say you you say that almost in jest, but do you do you? Are you no, no, that, I mean, saying, I mean you, that like he saying he, advisedly? he he literally went to no, he was like the same stadiums and what have you, but he's he's buddies with the McMahons. He's in yeah. There was they would bring. She him was in. gonna be in, or she was in his cabinet, I think, but. They gave him a bunch of money too, but yeah, no McMahon. They he was in WWE. I mean, Trump comes out yeah. in WWE, tries to fire some people. Yeah, I've seen that that clip of some, some chairs and hits some, people with chairs. Yeah, all, all very real, and uh, his communication style is very like wrestlerish too. Like, yeah. we're not going to use big words. We're going to communicate to yeah. the fifth grade level. Yeah, That's one of his propaganda techniques is his vocabulary. You know, it's not like he doesn't know other words. It's he, he chooses to communicate that way. And it's a very, you know, he, that is the, the true like Trump fan base is very similar to the WWE fan base. Yep. Like the the people that really like Trump, like they don't care about politics, they don't care about the issues or anything like that. It's just like like they are truly Trump fans, no matter what he does. That's I think that's the the demo there. 
So. That's a, I mean, but the, in a lot of ways, those people are kind of salt of the earth, you know, like electricians, plumbers, people that do yeah. that real work around this country. I mean, you're not calling them a basket of deplorables, are you, Andrew? <laughs> no, I'm just saying maybe we, maybe uh, Trump shouldn't have said, go out and get your vaccine to those people because some of them probably did. I got no jokes for that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's we could say the 4D chess thing of like, oh, you knew people would do the opposite. It's like, yeah, the people that hate you would do the opposite. Yeah. He, knew, he knew what to do. 17D chess. 17D chess. So someone else who pushed that vaccine, uh, Rochelle Walensky is heading for the door. Ah. And I've got a clip from... Um, Naomi Wolf's appearance on Steve Bannon's show, The War Room. And I didn't do a good job of clipping the end, so when it ends, just go ahead and where he stop just, stop the clip. But do, do we get a visual where he looks longingly into Naomi Wolf's eyes? <laughs> well, you know, he always always the play dumb questions like, Oh, are you saying that they're they committed mass murder? Wait, what is this? <laughs> is it no problem? I'm shocked. It's under crime scene mass murder, Walensky's resignation. Yeah. Is it safe to get vaccinated while you're breastfeeding? It absolutely is safe to get vaccinated. So I would say if you are thinking about getting vaccinated, there. No. The answer is no. For any of my listeners that are listening to this show, the answer to this question is no. Yeah. So this, it doesn't matter this, which vaccine. The answer is no. So okay. I, this is okay. This is total clip stealing. I'm using the Bannon clip where he's playing the Rochelle Walensky clip because I didn't want to go dig it up myself. But 100 percent clip stealing, man. I don't yeah. even do that. That's 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 impressive. Yeah. So the Grand Theft World plays all of the clips like days before we do. I have to go find them on my own. So the. Rochelle Walensky thing, when she's saying it's safe, now notice she doesn't say it's safe to take when you're pregnant. She just says basically it's safe for everyone because it's safe and effective. So I don't know if she could squirm out on that, but even at this point, what little data they had showed very not safe, especially for pregnant women. No, let's let's review for those who, who haven't been long first with this whole ride uh at best they had clinical data of like 10 to 30 people and and it didn't look good for that and then it was discontinued yeah so the the yeah the pfizer trial and there's fraud in that and then we found out uh recently we played some clips from uh rfk jr's podcast where the Pfizer trial was just a show. Like, they didn't actually need it because it was all being approved under, you know, with the military's deal of, like, okay, if there's ever a super bad pandemic, we can just push stuff out there and you don't have to do any clinical trials and you don't have to, you know, you just have to say it's, we think it's going to do more harm or more good than harm. Uh, just basically the HHS secretary's opinion who was uh alex azar who again tied in with the sweetheart deal for epstein back in the day and 
uh, Trump appointee. Way to go, Trump. So it's yeah, drain drains got to drain the swamp. Make sure we only get uh, Epstein people and torturers in the cabinet. Is it safe to get vaccinated while you're breastfeeding? It absolutely is safe to get vaccinated. So I would say if you are thinking about getting vaccinated, there is no bad time to get vaccinated. Get vaccinated while you're thinking about having a baby, before (laughs) you're thinking about having a baby, while you're pregnant with your baby, or after you've delivered your baby. There is no bad time to the fight against coronavirus. The World Health Organization announcing today that COVID-19 is no longer qualified as a global emergency. The WHO does note, however, while the emergency phase is now over, the pandemic is not. Noting recent spikes in Asia and the Middle East. Here at home, we're learning today that CDC Director Walensky, who led the U.S. response to COVID under President Biden, is set to leave at the end of June. Okay, welcome. You're in the war room. It is a Friday, 5 May in the year of our Lord, 2023. Let's bring in Naomi Wolf. Uh, Naomi, uh, tell us what happened today. I'm confused. Did the head of CDC... Did she resign? Was she fired? Is You know, we don't believe in conspiracy theories here in the war room, but they're no coincidence, Naomi. WHO said the pandemic's over today. Next week on the 11th May, I think it's Thursday, the White House has been forced to, as you know, take off the emergency measures. Was she going to leave anyway or she get she gets shoved out the door, ma'am? For sure, this has all the hallmarks of her getting pushed very abruptly and aggressively out the door. I mean, if people are going to be used as part of the showcasing of what an administration is proud of, um, they don't get a press release with no advance notice, no round of adoring articles and features um, abruptly, you know, from the from the president himself announcing that she's leaving. Uh, if this is something they were going to campaign on in 2024, they wouldn't boot her so unceremoniously. It's a very short turnaround. Um, and there's a even though they're ticking all the boxes of, yes, she's really, you know, served her country at a you know very scary time. Um, it's 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 kind of icy compared to the embrace that uh, people who are seen as a benefit to a reelection campaign as opposed to a liability. You referred to Dr. Walensky as a mass murderer. What do you mean by that? Well, it's this this document is an open and shut piece of evidence that premeditated murder on a grand scale was is what we're looking at. Um, this document, you know, as they say in tech, this document proves it's not a it's not a bug, it's a feature. And I've used that phrase a lot in interviews since this bombshell report came out. This document shows that they knew this injection would kill babies, that they knew this injection would cause spontaneous abortions. This was, again, April 20th, 2021, how many millions, if not billions, of childbearing age women or pregnant women or women who plan to get pregnant have been injected since they knew that it would kill babies at a dramatic rate or cause babies to to have the ability to breathe. Right. Let me just jump. Hang on. Let me just jump in here. You're saying in April, the 20 April of 21, it was in the first quarter, just after the first quarter of the Biden re- regime taking over. 
and your point is knowing what these documents you say that the, and these are their documents show they could have waved off it right then or they could have said hey this trial is not going well and we particularly with women particularly with nursing women they, they had tons of alternatives given it was really in the beginning of the ramp up of the rollout of, of the vaccine is that am i correct in that well i'm saying something much more serious you know, I've said throughout that my teams keep finding evidence that Pfizer was looking very deeply at reproduction. Pfizer was, you know, mating rats and that were vaccinated and then sacrificing them and then examining the cells of their sex organs, right, for a respiratory virus. Pfizer was looking at women's menstruation and finding that they were ruining it in, um, you know, 20 different disgusting ways. So Pfizer was looking this report. It's not like, oh, we happen to see dead babies. They set out to look at pregnancy <laughs> lactation, found the babies dying, and then they rolled it out on a scale. Has Pfizer responded to any of the reports that you put out uh, off of their data, off the information Absolutely. they were forced by a federal court? Remember, this information was supposed to be held for 75 years. We wouldn't be talking about this until almost the turn of the 21st century, the 22nd century. Did, 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 has, have they responded to any of your reports? Um, so Pfizer has like thousands of lawyers and they could sue us for the rest of our lives if there was anything wrong in these reports. We haven't had a single lawyer's letter. We haven't had a single even press response, spokesperson response, nothing. Have is it, it was it Dr. Walensky's responsibility? Got about a minute. Was her responsibility to tell the American people about this, given that she had this information? Obviously. All right, that's it. All right. Sorry about the bird sounds at the end. Hey, but I, th- I thought it was a good clip. I mean, it's. Certainly stuff we've talked about a lot, but I think it's important not to stop talking about it. You know, there's, (laughs) we get more and more detail about what was known when it was known. So when they move from the, it's safe and effective propaganda to it's, oh, okay, maybe it was harmful, but there's no way we could have known that. These sorts of stories are, are important. So, and that there's a larger, larger post there that's got all the statistics and what have you where, yeah, they knew it was killing babies, rolled it out anyway. It's hard, hard to imagine, man. Hard to imagine there's people out there like that, but that is, it's almost like evil eugenicists run the world that (laughs) it is almost like that. That don't think uh, that don't think the WWE fans of the world should be out there having kids. So let's give them a vaccine. Tell them on TV it's good for them. Yeah. Speaking of eugenics, man, I, I probably should have put together some clips, but I don't. I don't know if I'm just noticing this. I know my wife and I have, have both noticed. She's the one that kind of pointed out to me. Every fast food commercial I'm seeing is targeted at African American people. It's kind of wild, but McDonald's- is it targeted at them, or are they boosting their ESG score by inc- by making sure there's no white people? Yes. Okay. Both. Yeah, I, w- yeah, I would say I both. Would, too. I would say both. Yeah, 
I didn't know that there's a rap duo now that has I don't even I don't even want to utter these people's names. It's Meg the Stallion or some somebody, one of these rapper girls and guy pairs. They have their own value meal. It's like a two two sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that commercial. The yeah. McDonald's. What's their their perfect McDonald's order and then they they do a toast with the McDonald's cups. Yeah. So fancy. Oh. It's like yeah, I I mean maybe they sometimes my wife and I maybe they really do eat at McDonald's. Sometimes my wife and I get together in the evening and she looks at me, she's like, "What do you want to eat?" And I'm like, "I don't know. What do you want to eat?" And she's like, "You know, I'd like to have really bad indigestion tomorrow." And I'm I'm like, "Oh, I have an idea." (laughs) So like not just fast food, just like the worst fast food we can find. Oh, McDonald's. There we go. It's right there. It's just, it's just right there. And by right there, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> yeah. There's one right there. He was a, a genius at knowing where people would be uh, susceptible to stopping to eat. Absolutely. It was a, just as like a commercial real estate <laughs> study, McDonald's is probably a worthwhile thing to, to look at. But man, if they just they just need to go back to using beef tallow, which is what they originally used, and get rid of those Bill Gates fries, it'd be two big steps in the right direction. Amen. They got pressured into switching to vegetable oil by the American Heart Association, which is really the American Seed Oil Association. And they got... You know, it's, oh, you've got to have every fry look the same, which means you need genetically modified, or I don't know what exactly they do to it, but there's only like a couple farms that can do McDonald's uh, potatoes. So right, no, no, and they're in California. Uh, are they? In, yes, they're. In I California. know there's no. I think there's one in Idaho for sure, but no, the one is in California, and then Bill Gates owns it. I know Bill Gates owns it. Yeah. Yeah, but. and they uh, they use it as a drying agent. They use glyphosate as a drying agent for the potatoes. <laughs> what could go wrong? That's, yeah, that, you're the one that taught me that. Yeah. No, we we talked about that on the show. Yep. Because yep. they there's only one place it can be used, and it's some like super toxic like they have to leave it alone for three to four days to let all the toxicity of the glyphosate go just let it soak into the potatoes yeah Yeah. well that way the people who handle it don't aren't aren't, don't have to use it (laughs) oh man it's yeah (sighs) from the guy who wants to bring you synthetic meat yes well i think we've reached that point of the show Is there an updated spreadsheet? Bro, we're on top of things over here. <laughs> All right. How could you even doubt? Do I still have I think I still have access here. Here we go. Let's hope so. All right. Do we have to go back to... We do have to go back to April. Okay. All right. What's that? Go back to April 29th. Is that... 
Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. So it has been. I thought you were saying it hadn't been updated since April. I'm like, what? No. Oh no. Yeah, we got to go all the way back to April 29th for our last show. This is Revelations Radio News episode 319. Thank you everybody for supporting our show. We are listener supported. We don't have any advertisements and. We both moved across the country and now work full-time commission jobs, so anything that you can give us is much appreciated. <laughs> we appreciate you guys for supporting us, and we will try to give you more of that content that you guys would like on from us. Indeed. There are notes. Yes. That would be the only thing I would say. There are notes. Okay. Also, yeah, go ahead. I'll First on the list, we... We have Danny from Medford, Oregon with $25. Thank you very much, Danny. Gives $25 every single episode. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, next, we have a now rare PayPal donation uh, from Forrest of $30. And he says, appreciate you gentlemen for what you do. Look forward to hearing a new episode every week <laughs> or almost every week. Uh, keep crushing and God bless. Thank you very much, Forrest. Robin uh, sent us $13 via Give, Send, Go. Says, love and light. Thank you, Robin. The Subtle Cane Podcast. What? Sent us two donations. Is that right? That's right. Yes, two donations. And the only reason I knew that it wasn't a mistake was because they wrote he, he wrote two different... Uh, uh, notes for each one. Where is he from, by the way? What should I put? For... Uh, Wisconsin, the aorta of America. Uh, okay, that's what he says in his podcast intro. So the Subtle Cane podcast, I do recommend, and not just because he he uh, name dropped me in like two of the recent episodes. So, so you know how I always tell people they should read Jockey Lule's books. Yep. He's actually doing it and talking about it on his podcast. So people should go. check that out. And thank you very much for donating to ours. We greatly appreciate that. And he's now on Give, Send, Go. So yes, he is. We, we told him, yeah, go for it. So, And let's see. He says, parallel structures start with... People stepping outside their comfort zones and speaking the truth despite the resistance. Keep it up, guys. Let's be the men God wants us to be. Excellent words of wisdom there. And he says, this is my value for value contribution for helping me start my own campaign, for being a light to the world, even when you guys are covering the dark. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, absolutely. Check out the Subtle Cane podcast. Subtle Cane is... Subtle, and then C-A-I-N, like Cain in the Bible, and all one word. So, We also got a donation from Rick via Gifts and Go of $11. Thank you very much, Rick. And on to May, uh, we got a PayPal donation from Robert in Parts Unknown of $5. Thank you very much, Robert. We got a Give, Send, Go donation of $50 from our favorite Garden City Ranchers. Thank you very much, both of you. And uh, yes, always great to hear from them. And thank you for the for the support. 
We still need to figure out a... What was the time of year where they said they were less busy? I know they're always busy, but... I don't remember. I think there was like a... You know, figure out a way to... To get some... Grass-fed meat from them. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And, you know, not that far away. Missouri's... Missouri's close. Yeah. I've, I've got a different perspective now. It's I'm like, oh, sure it's only a few hundred miles away. I'm sure you do. Sure you <laughs> it's do. a day trip. That's All right. right. Uh, Give and go donation from Caroline of $5 from Los Angeles, California. Uh, I might have to draw you a cartoon if you leave me off the list again. Well, you made it on here this time. Thank you, Caroline, very much. I won't even make a derogatory comment about Los Angeles, California. Moving on, we've got a PayPal donation from Autumn in Snoqualmie, Washington, $5. That is a a regular contribution that we greatly appreciate. And also PayPal uh, from Kyle of $10. And that's the Kyle that's in Newton, Massachusetts. Thank you, Kyle. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. A Give, Send, Go donation from Anonymous, $5, and says, thanks for this great community. Well, thank you. A donation of $20 from Penny in Mesa, Arizona. Thank you very much, as always, Penny. Uh, Wait a second. What happened? Yeah, and I wanted to make a note on this. Look at the uh, look at the note there. Did it... okay, all right, okay. So it it was not an accident. You yeah, you got to thank him. All right, so did... <laughs> all right, so Danny gave us twenty five dollars again, even though there was no new episode, because he says. Danny gave twenty five dollars even for the Corbett Report repost. So he says I. He was not fooled, but I, he gave I, us twenty five dollars. I, I put that note in there. Oh wait, you put that note in there. Yeah. Okay. Danny. So there's a slight possibility that Danny just saw there was a new episode and assumed, you know, that it was a regular episode and donated before he started listening. Well, but, then it's an easy way to figure out if this was a slight possibility that this was a mistake. If it was a mistake on the next episode, don't donate. Yeah. Yeah, if it you was didn't, a, you didn't actually get a full length Tim. And we Andy did not show. mean to to trick you. We just, you know. <laughs> but I think he knew, man. I think he saw it. I think he made the choice to go ahead and give another twenty five. So all right, we'll find out though. We'll find out. We'll see if he donates next show. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, PO box donation. That's good. Uh, from Chrissy of fifty one twenty three Manchester, New Hampshire. She says, "God bless hombres." Thank you very much, Chrissy. And a Give, Send, Go donation of $200. And that is from Kyle. And that was due to our amazing social media presence on Twitter. As, That's right. As we talked about. So the the Japanese uh, lunar lander photo, quote, photo of Earth, you know... We credit that donation for to that artwork. Thank you very much, Kyle, from Kent, Washington. An anonymous donation of $100. Wow. On 
Give, Send, Go, and an anonymous donation of $26 on Give, Send, Go. And it says... Oh, okay, I got it. So it says 26 even, but was it 26-20? Oh, Give, Send, Go, okay. Congratulations, Tim, on competing on completing the marathon. Welcome to the twenty six point two club. I wanted to donate twenty six twenty, but Give Send Go wouldn't let me enter the twenty cents. Love the podcast, guys. So we'll take it as a twenty six twenty donation. We will, we will credit it as that. Uh, so. Credit it as a twenty six twenty. So I don't want to do it though. It's going to throw off. The no, thing. it's this is. This is radio magic, Tim. You don't actually have to change the spreadsheet. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for your support on uh, the podcast. And thank you for uh, even the kind words about completing the marathon. Uh, the anonymous donor sounds like they are part of the club, yeah? Uh, welcome to the 26.2 club. It means... It- well, and it's is it someone that you know? Because we haven't had an episode for you to say like hey I, d- I did it or maybe they checked out the link and f- and followed your progress so. maybe maybe they just assumed that i i wasn't i wasn't the type of dude who was gonna quit i don't know i mean not a lot of people quit out there i don't think i think i think pe- people get injured though people do get injured so that's that is a thing man right around like mile 18 it's Start, it's got to be a, a higher number of people don't complete it when it's their first one though. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and they 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 were uh, they were saying that if you don't do, uh, you only had a certain amount of time. Yes, thank you very. It's much. like you couldn't have just yeah. you know like I'm just gonna walk the next 13 miles that no, was not gonna fly if you yeah. don't hit. So at there's a certain turnoff point. I, I can't remember where it was. It's probably mile seven or eight. Well, it makes sense if it was seven, since they're only running about thirteen miles. So, for, but there was a, a point right around mile seven where there's the cutoff, and it was like on the right marathoners, on the left half marathoners. Man, the crowd thinned by like two thirds. Like, like <laughs> there was everybody was running the half. And so at that point, though, if you hadn't reached that point within a certain amount of time, they would send you you're doing the half regardless of if you signed up for the full you oh okay it's yeah it's not supported and they you know they got roads closed and everything else so yeah uh, it's like we can't be out here all day people yeah it's, yeah exactly you're but, supposed to run a marathon not just it's not a walkathon 11 minutes man i've i averaged 11 minutes which is interesting that's awesome I, my yeah. miles were getting down into the nine uh, in 10 when I was doing the shorter the 10s and, and 9s and even sometimes below 9s when I was doing the shorter 3, 4, 5 mile runs uh, but when I started this one I knew I was like man I've never run I hadn't run 14 miles was the furthest I had run and that was in January <laughs> when I decided to do this and then as of about a month ago the furthest I had run I, I bumped it up to 15 and then a couple weeks. Well, you did the 20 mile, right? A couple of weeks after that, I did the 20. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I went from furthest I've run is 14 to now 26. So, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> How are your knees? They're great. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. Very I think good. it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. I think, uh, that's, well, that's a lot of the David Goggins I've been listening to. You know, you know who that is? That sounds familiar. He's a Navy SEAL, black African-American gentleman, and uh, 
he has an interesting story. He's just abused as a child and a couple other things. And he just has a real hard time growing up. And uh, he joins the military. And he's widely credited as, like, one of the toughest people alive. And he just talks about in his books that human body is capable of a lot more than we give it credit for. And you just Mm got to push yourself mentally and let it kind of make up for it. But I did notice that even though... Would you believe that when I first started running, the first week or two was probably the most painful? When I first started running, <laughs> my I would wake up and my ankle was sore, my knee would be sore, and there would always that was like the most painful part. And then, the longer that the training went on, the less pain I was ever in. That's great. It's weird, right? And I, I did want to give a shout out to somebody because they sent me something and I never responded, but I totally listened. So in case this ever happens to anybody else. I want you guys to know that I am. I don't know if it was Nick from Michigan, but I think it might have been. Uh, Nick sent us a, uh, an email. He said, hey, guys, two quick things. First, congrats to Tim on the marathon. Assuming he's alive and well, I was praying for him. <laughs> I was praying for him early this morning. Uh, this is like the day before, unfortunately. So marathon was run on Sunday. This is on Saturday, but no big deal. Praying for me, it, was, it helped. You know, God's not in time. He doesn't have to worry about it. Second, let me strongly recommend the Blurry Creatures podcast. A recent episode was featured in Will's last video on Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. One of the hosts is Aaron Rodgers' brother. The episode referenced Will. Uh, the episode Will referenced is linked below. So he sent that... Uh, Kind of interesting. Oh, Carl Tykrib. Of course, we know who that is, though. Carl's, Carl's awesome. Did I lose you, Andrew? No, I was muted because I was clicking around trying to find... Because I got a few good uh, podcast recommendation emails, so... Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, there was I did. good stuff. I did want to point out, I don't know if it was Nick from Michigan, but somebody sent me... A recommendation of a book to read when I when they knew I was doing the marathon, and I wanted to let them know I read it. So <laughs> I can't nice. I can't find it now, but it was called. I think it was Nick from Michigan, but if it wasn't, you guys have to forgive me. Uh, it was called Primal Endurance. In uh, guess what it was about, Andrew? Primal Endurance. Yeah, it was about. Uh, not necessarily carb loading and eating a bunch of sugar and stuff for your run, but instead eating fats, meat, mm. nice, and uh, training less, eating fat and meat, and in eating things that keep your body in a state of non the uh, non-inflammatory, not non-inflammatory state mm-hmm. by, by eliminating sugars and glutens and things like that, and when you do that. You don't even have to train as much to offset the negative effects of the spiking glucose and whatnot. You could train even less. So, kind of talks about interesting. This, yeah, yeah kind of talks about this guy who wrote the book. He he quit marathon and ultra running. He was a hundred mile racers and whatever. He quit all that to become a coach. He stopped training and didn't want to worry about it anymore. But when he did, he kind of went to a more uh, anti-inflammatory diet also known as like a ketogenic or you know carnivore based diet and then he would go out to tr- you know he, they some people paid him big bucks to come and train them because he was uh, you know an award-winning marathon and endurance runner and he would get out there and these people who were much younger than him he would try to you know train with them and lo and behold he effortlessly could beat them 
Hmm. After retiring and not training for weeks at a time. And he talks about just the overall state of the body, just being in a better state with it without the all the inflammatory uh, sugars and, and carbs and things. So uh, they said that most marathon run- runners have the same amount of obesity as the general population. Really? That's surprising it, to me. It's not the so it's not the same amount. So, but how do I put this? The same percentage of same people, percentage yes, of people who hmm. run the marathon are obese as in the general population. Doesn't make sense, right? But then you start thinking about all the carb loading, all the carbs, all the sugars, all the stuff that they take, and here they're just saying go not anti-inflammatory, eat meat, and uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I read the book. I appreciated it. It was awesome. Thank you for sending it. It's good. Or for recommending it. You got get some, some podcast recommendations for us? Yeah, I got some recommendations from uh, Garth sent me some podcast recommendations. And okay. also uh, Polly. Uh, Polly in uh, Lake Stevens. And sent me some encouraging words, but also sent me um, the Fact Hunter podcast. And... Uh, which is by George from Delaware. And he's like a born podcaster, but kind of a similar story in some ways to, uh, to yours actually. He's uh, former military. Okay. And then, you know, he actually spent his whole, you know, 25 years in the military and then started looking into stuff. And it's like, oh man, <laughs> what did I do with my time there? Um, he he had some inkling while he was still in, but didn't really fully fully get it until afterwards. So that's a, a very good one. That's been going for it's brainwashing. Just so we're clear. yeah, no, yeah. Like it's not even just so we're clear. Like it's outright brainwashing. Like they shave your head, they make you all the same. You have to do all the same. Like it doesn't put you're not in your best think yeah. in mind especially the especially the beginning of your military career it's, it's straight up brainwashing so as as a podcasting veteran tim tell me how this sounds to you okay. you're gonna do a podcast and you're going to invite people on just on the basis of them emailing you and agreeing to come on the podcast so you're dealing with one after another like brand new podcast interviewees does that sound like fun pass he somehow makes it work with no, his uh no his other one is the you know the evil flat earth it's the flat earth files and he does some episodes of content and then some where it's like people telling their stories he must be an and amazing interviewer if you can just bring people because because people people fall flat like people don't, oh man people like you don't would, know they listen to you or me and I'm not great I mean I say a lot of us I'm clicking around I don't know where stuff is you know I'm no Adam Curry or James Corbett or anything these you know Joe Rogan those those people are amazing but but people who just think that like oh yeah I can talk a lot I can just turn on a microphone and make content <laughs> it doesn't work that way no. you have to have thought like. How often during your week do you log something like somewhere in the back of your brain? Like, 
I should mention that on the podcast. Like, right? How yeah. often we've been doing this ten years, and how often do we get technical? Do we have technical issues? Can you imagine trying to get someone, <laughs> just trying to get them on to start the interview? Like, the, how much time he spends doing that? And he's he's like super calm, very encouraging to people, and and gets a lot out of them. And there's, you know, people all over the world uh, talking about it. So. It, that was a great recommendation, Polly. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we should. You would enjoy talking to to George, even though you know you're not on the the team, the firmament team. But uh, you team would firmament team firmament. But the the fact hunter is more like the every you know the everything podcast. So all sorts of different subjects. But he does deep dives on like uh you know certain foundations or the rothschild family or stuff like that so yeah it's a both of those are are good and man i i mean we appreciate our contributors but i don't know if you could contribute enough to have us just randomly throw a new person on every week and try to make it work like just the scheduling like bunch ah i i so it's podcasting is harder than uh you know the the real pros make it look that's for sure 100 so. 100% and not that we're some sort of great podcasters at it but people think that they can create content but when you actually turn the microphone on and try it's a little bit different i mean i've done i've done a few you've done a few i mean we've done back in the day we had people on a lot more we had guests on i had guests on mm-hmm. my other show the tim and mike show i had people on that show uh yeah it's uh it's pretty much the worst thing ever when you get somebody on who doesn't know like just don't, well because you guys talk did you guys take calls too yeah we did take calls yeah that's back in the day too i mean that's kind of basically what this yeah. what this is um but he he makes it work which <laughs> it's kind of amazing i'm like oh oh no it's an episode where it's him talking to someone else instead of just him laying stuff out but he he can usually get get great stories out of people and in, there's in just his, a wide variety of of people on there it's, it's here, cool to hear people's stories but his and our defense based so you've met how many how many i was thinking about this the other day how many of our listeners have you met in real life like a few not a handful a handful okay yeah so other than the people that i already knew like paul from texas and the taters and chris and and those people i think i've only really met you know one that was just a straight up listener and it's uh yeah it is i mean i think i peaked i met kyle from kent washington who donated two hundred dollars this week? Who's an avid dirt bike rider and has been a follower along of this podcast ever since uh, I can remember. Yeah, pretty um, much the beginning. Pretty I mean, much the beginning. Yeah, at least in this last iteration since twenty twenty. So I mean, no, all- he was he was pre he was pre the most recent break. I think. Yeah, well, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But I met him in person, and it was awesome. And the only reason I didn't meet anybody in person since then was I immediately, like, right after that, moved completely out of the area and haven't really tried to to get together with anybody down here. But it was awesome. So, uh, back to the point. 
I mean, you could probably pander. Our, you talk about this all the time. Our listeners are smarter than us a lot of the times on this show. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we could figure out how to, to interview them. So, Oh, man. That was not the point of the story, Tim. <laughs> I get it. We, I get we, it. we do, we do have some people that it's like, no, you, we do have some people who would would be great podcast guests. I'm thinking of uh, Terry back there in Oregon. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's... He legit knows a lot more stuff I'm, than we I'm do, but pe- uh, I'm thinking of people like pilots in Canada, edi- yeah, editors to yeah, uh, if, some, if somebody's you, Substack, wait, there's all kinds of people who why why don't you just start doing a second episode every week where you just interview someone? <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Audio so. engineer who was laid off from his job from Alberta. I mean, there's all kinds of people out there. There are very very interesting people. Yeah, who listen to this show? The head of the uh, Jockey Lule Society. Thought that was you. No, that's one of the one of the people I've met. Oh yeah, Ted. Ted Lewis. Yeah, so. Ted Lewis. Oh, that was Ted Kaczynski. No, well, you, no and you no. met you met uh, you met Will in person. See, I never met Will in person. Yeah, never, never yep. met Will in person. So I, I, I just Seattle's weird, man. It's a weird place. <laughs> Don't know if you know that, but not a lot. Of yeah, meeting, I, not a lot of meeting of other people in this. I think we day. should just. Well, I don't know. It's it's tough because I almost think we should just like plan to go to a no agenda meetup. Yeah, and try to get hopefully a couple of Revelations Radio News people there, and we can have our own little subgroup within the larger within group. The no but agenda. no, yeah, I think we do. First off, we just need to go to a no agenda meetup in the first place. Yeah. Then we could see if we can co-opt it, and I mean, I bet we could we could put one together here, and if we did, I bet somebody would, uh, some people would come. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can. I've I've got a facility. I just have to make it open to the HOA members. Oh. And then it's free to rent. Ah, I see. So, it would be a. Revelations Radio News slash No Agenda slash HOA meeting. <laughs> what could go wrong? That's, what could go wrong? Yeah. Well, we we could just have our own. There's a pool. It's a nice. It's a nice spot. But yeah, that's good. All right, man. Well, I think we are. I think it's about time to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, I've got. I would like to play the uh, leading into the verses of the day. Okay. Um, but leading into that, uh, I mentioned Doug Wilson earlier. I'm enjoying his, um, what is it? He calls it the Plodcast podcast. And he also does YouTube stuff too. But uh, no problem passages. I really like this. Referring to the Bible, no problem passages. One of the best things my father ever taught me, and there were many to choose from, was the idea that the Christian should resolve in his heart never to have any problem passages in Scripture. It was permissible to have a problem with how best to understand a passage, but it was not permissible to have any problems with it once you understood it. Once the exegesis was done, the thing was settled. 
And you also wanted to make sure that there was no funny business in the course of the exegesis either, appealing to Greek word studies to get yourself off the hook, for example. This is not, as many would represent it, a mindless fundamentalism. It is not a means of sticking to your guns after some haphazard attempt at exegesis. But while it is not a ramshackle dogmatism, it is right at the foundation of a true biblical absolutism. It is not a chaotic and shambolic bluster, but rather a sane decision to look to the light in a very dark world. God is a rock, and his word is a rock. Unregenerate man wants to believe that he is stable, and his basis for thinking this is that there are periodic times of tranquility and calm, and he thinks he has a root in himself simply because of inertia. The first part of Newton's first law tells us that an object at rest tends to stay at rest. Autonomous man is a billiard ball that believes himself to be immovable simply because a cue ball hasn't hit him yet. In contrast, the believer trusts in his God, who is a rock. And when believers trust in Christ and do what he says, they are building their house on a rock. Matthew 7.25 One that is fully capable of withstanding any storm. Quote, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Deuteronomy 32.4 Quote, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Psalm 40, verse 2. Quote, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 61, 2. So what could be the problem then? Who would build on sand when rock is available? On paper, this is a reasonable question, but given the fact that the world has fallen and wicked, it should not be surprising that the choice before us has gotten all murked up, or we at least like to pretend that it has been. No, this is the rock. We live in a world of claims and counterclaims. The serpent's opening gambit was found in just this. Did God really say? Micaiah spoke the word of God truthfully, but Zedekiah didn't think so. Quote, but Zedekiah, the son of Chanah, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? 1 Kings 22:24. Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord truthfully, but Pasher didn't think so. Quote, then Pasher smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Jeremiah 20, verse 2. Because of Satan's fall, and because our first parents listened to him in the garden, and because God broke our fall with a promise, an antithesis had been established in the world. This antithesis is between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, Genesis 3.15. And the conflict between these two is the thread that ties all of human history together. How the seed of the woman overcame the seed of the serpent is the central story of all time. It should inform everything we do. It is the ultimate plot point. And this antithesis accounts for all the claims and the counterclaims. This is the way. No, this is the way. For those who want to evaluate these competing claims on the surface, the task seems hopeless. One says that this is right, and the other says that the other is right. The temptation to shrug and say who's to say is strong, but it really is a superficial temptation. The only thing that even makes it a temptation is found in the fact that our hearts want to wander, and this relativistic question floating on the surface gives us the cover we need we think. We've elsewhere defined proof as the creation of a moral obligation to believe, and considering how God advances his kingdom, that moral obligation can be legitimately created after just five minutes of listening to a street preacher. It is not an academic or scholarly pursuit, but rather a description of the personal relationship between the God who pursues and the man who is running away. At some point, the man becomes aware of the fact that he's running away, which means that he doesn't want to know the truth, which means in turn that he's confronted with his moral obligation to stop, turn, and let the truth know him. Quote, 
If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. John 7.17, NKJV. Notice, Christ says here in John that if anyone wants to do the will of God, he will know. If he doesn't know, then it means he didn't want to know. A precondition to any sensible epistemology is a willingness to obey God. Safely traveled grooves. But the kind of trust I'm talking about means placing your entire weight on the scriptures. I do not mean holding the entirety of the Bible in your hand, but rather placing the entirety of your life on the word. We need to walk out on it like it was a frozen lake. No, that's too weak. We need to load up all our gear and drive our Jeep out onto the lake. We need to act like we are going ice fishing. If we hold the Bible in our hand and say that we are staunch inerrantists, it is possible to get applause from the devout, and it is the simplest thing in the world to preach and to teach in all the well-worn grooves. And it is in fact the case that you are an inerrantist with regard to every passage you are willing to talk about. But that is not what saving faith should look like. The scriptures should not be stage-managed by us. The scriptures need to be accepted by us simply and without apology. Here's how the Westminster describes saving faith. Quote, A Christian believeth to be true whatsoever is revealed in the word, for the authority of God himself speaking. Westminster Confession of Faith 14.2 Now suppose you do that. Controversy magnet. So now here you are up to your neck in controversies. Historic Adam and Eve, eh? Global flood, eh? The moon stood still in the valley of Ajalon, eh? The tabernacle in the wilderness was maintained by slaves, eh? The death penalty for a son who cursed father or mother, eh? The apostle Peter walked on water, eh? Wives are to submit their own husbands, eh? A crucified man conquered death, eh? Yes to all and deal with it. If you are not willing to bear the brunt of the world's scorn on multiple fronts and in multiple areas, you are not yet ready to follow Jesus Christ. Quote, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's, and of the holy angels. Luke 9.26 The scriptures are like a vast wilderness area, with millions of square miles in it, and many evangelical ministries are like Ranger Bob's nature walk right along the edge of it, with five or six scenic lookout points. Safe, tame, orderly, predictable, and nothing to upset the donors. We are not to take refuge from the darkness of the world's lies by running home, going down into the basement to light the candle of truth. Rather, we are walking in the pre-dawn gloaming, banging on doors, telling our neighbors that they need to prepare for the sunrise. We do not stare at the scriptures as though they were the entirety of our world. We turn and face the world with the rising sun behind us, ready to see what the risen word of God is going to reveal. So the scriptures are not the light at which we stare. The scriptures are the light in which we see. And what do we see? We see everything in that light. Quote, For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. 1 Corinthians 3, 19-21 For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16 this kind of knowledge, this kind of faith, does not belong to those who treat the word as a true subset in a world of lies. That is often called biblical inerrancy, but that should be far too weak for us. Let us call it something else, something like biblical absolutism. After that, we should turn and face the East. Out now, exclude. It was a little long, sorry, but I thought it was really good. So. I'll have to listen to it again when I'm not tired. I don't know if it's just cadence or tone. Was that jump cut edited? Like a, it, was it, so- it was a little jump cut edited. It was the 
taken from a. That was taken from the YouTube, so I think it's a little tricky when you just hear the audio on that. His podcast is a little, a little more podcasty, but yeah, it's uh, takes a lot of work to <laughs> to jump cut it in there. But some of the visuals do help because he's got some of the words on the, like the passages and what have you on the screen. But I'll have to check um, it out again sometime. But the basic idea is. We don't get to decide what part of the Bible is the true part, right? Right, right. Like the, it's God's word. The whole thing is true, and we subject ourselves as believers to that. And he's pointing out the fact he's mainly talking to uh, to pastors and and teachers and what have you who, you know, will stick to the safe the safe parts, so. I thought that was good, and uh, I've get that was long, but the uh, the verses of the day are a little shorter than usual. So, okay, let's do it. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Pretty simple. If you, you know, when it comes down to telling, oh, is this a, a cult or a false teaching or the actual gospel, it's all about how is Jesus Christ portrayed? Because if he's less than fully God, or if he's, uh, you know, there's been other versions where he's, oh, he didn't really come to earth and it wasn't a real human body that denying that part of it, then that's a false, that's a false teaching. That's the, the litmus test right there. So what, what about coming to North America in the extra Testament? And, uh, also with that same, group there's the denial that he's actually god so it's you don't even have to (laughs) throw in the north america thing um yeah there's they can't tell the truth about the demons will not tell the truth about jesus so if it's a demonically inspired teaching whether that's called christianity or not they can't tell the truth about jesus so there's one thing i know it's Christian hip hop, and 
I listen to a lot of it. My uh, son likes it, and that's the only, basically the only type of music that he even knows exists at this point. So I'll keep it that way. But there's a, uh, a great, great lyric. It's been sampled many times, but anytime the the devil brings up your past, just bring up his future. <laughs> I like it. Want to bring up your past? The demons want to bring up your past. Just bring up their, bring up your their future. Part of the reason they hate you so much. Yeah, that's one hundred percent accurate. So, all right. Well, it has been a pleasure as always, sir. Yeah, I guess we we did have the one week break in there, but uh, you still put out an episode, so that was that was good. And I did not. I reposted an episode that you. I know you. You put it out though. Yeah, like sure. It, sure. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know how to do that. So it's like literally there would be zero Andrew only episodes. So it's super, it's super magical. Super <laughs> magical. It takes not very long to do that. So uh, yeah, if I could just repost uh, Corbett. Corbett's works of art every week. <laughs> it'd be a 10 minute endeavor and we would That's, have one. Someone's got a decent sized YouTube channel doing that. <laughs> so. I bet they do. I bet yeah. they do. All right. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, let's, uh, let's do it again next week. Shoot for next week. Don't, uh, you don't have to come looking for me if, there's no show next week, but we'll we'll do another one as soon oh, as we can. I'm I'm just remembering some things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> next week's not looking great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just so I'll let the listeners know right now, I have family in from out of town and uh, t-ball game Wednesday and Thursday, so that is going to be a struggle. So maybe well maybe maybe in two weeks yeah maybe in two so. weeks or a tuesday show we'll have to or well and then just your new regular uh weekly interview show where ah. you you find someone who's maybe they've listened to our podcast maybe not maybe just someone from the phone book to interview and make great podcast content out of it so i didn't say i could do it man i did not <laughs> say i could do it i know that you challenged me to do it but uh yeah. That takes talent, man. It takes talent. I gotta check this podcast out. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well thanks everybody for listening and thank you, Tim, for for doing the show. Thank you, sir. See you guys next week. A copy of this podcast as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say, where are you?